help us just to, uh, to praise you, Lord, this morning as we look into your word. Minister your word in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, in, in uh, God's word, uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, and we will continue to, to <clears throat> look in this portion that deals with the, the doctrine of election, although I said it would come up in 9, 10, and 11, but uh, I'm dealing with it primarily uh, at this point. We started it last week, and uh, next week we will look at the love of God. We've been talking about the ways uh, that God has given us in Romans chapter 8 that we can know, that we can have certainty, that we can have be secure uh, uh, in our salvation. And I'm not going to go through all those reasons this morning, but uh, uh, we come to this one on, a, uh, on election. We can be certain because we are elected. That, and that's a comfort that we, that we share. And uh, that's a joy that we share. And uh, uh, we see the, uh, the, the doctrine of election throughout we, uh, Scripture, and we'll see more of those verses today. Election simply is God's choice of his family. And uh, elect, elect, the word means, to make a choice. Simply that. And uh, I also said last week, this is a dangerous verse, uh, to get in your head and not in your heart. This doctrine uh, could make you proud, I'm elected, or it can humble you, why me, Lord? Why would you save a wretch like me? And hopefully it's that latter uh, truth that it humbles, it should humble us that God would, would choose me. As Paul said, oh wretched man that I am. And we're all wretched sinners who deserve his wrath. And yet he, in his mercy, uh, we've found grace uh, from him. And anyway, we... we uh, need to see that man on his own would never invent such a doctrine that so glorifies God and leaves man out. We know in all the other religions in the world that man is somehow a part of his salvation and what he is going to do to earn it. Uh, uh, and, and not that in, in Christianity. It's uh, not of works, lest any man should boast. And... Uh, Man does not even get a little bit of credit. God gets all the credit. Amen. And that's the truth, uh, I think, that God teaches in His Word. Uh, and again, this is to bring comfort to His children. Uh, comfort to His children as we look into it. We saw also the first characteristic of real Christians is that He loves God. And uh, gave some verses for that. Also, uh, that they're the called according to His purpose that we might be conformed to the image of Christ that's the purpose of election is that we might become like Christ and and, and walk in holiness and be like him be like he was and and that's the the goal of it and let us not forget that it's it's not uh, uh, you know 
wow, whoopee, you know, I'm, I'm elected and so I can go out and just live any kind of a life I want to. It doesn't really matter. Yes, it does matter what kind of life we live. And uh, anybody using election to defend sin is going contrary to the Scripture. And then, of course, the ultimate end is not just holiness, but it's that he might be the firstborn, it says, among many brethren. That he might be the chief one, the supreme one, uh, the exalted one, the head. Uh, His glory is the great end of creation and redemption. Christ is the central point in the history of the universe. And I found one man uh, said that, and I said, wow, that is so true and so powerful that he is the central figure in all the universe. Christ. Christ. And uh, uh, let that sink deepen into our hearts because it's that important. And yet it's amazing, it's, it's very amazing to me that Paul introduces us to the eternal counsel of God as it pertains to us. You know, he didn't, God did not have to, to do this, to, to show us his eternal counsel. You know, he could have just uh, uh, said, here's my plan, or you're saved by trusting me and left it with that. But no, he, he actually goes in uh, to the very plan of God. Why can God say that all things work together uh, for our good? It is because... It is because his plan won't fail. Do you understand that? His plan cannot, will not fail. It's not a chance that Satan can be victorious and win the day. Uh, This victory is is ours. Uh, The battle is over. Christ has won the battle. Read uh, read, uh, Corinthians 15. Uh, And it's because uh, uh, it's the plan of a loving God as we'll see next week. We're secure, we'll see next week, because of the love of God for us. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God, Paul says. And we're going to look all about, look into that. But uh, God in His amazing mercy and providence gives us, through Paul of course, five steps has been called, five steps from eternity to eternity. Amen. And we find them right here in verse uh, was it 29? Let's read that portion right now. Uh, Romans 28, 29 and 30. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also did predestinate to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom He predestinated, He also called. And those whom He called... He also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Five steps. Or as one man put it, this is the bridge from eternity to eternity concerning us. He foreknew us. He will eventually glorify us. And it's all in the past tense. Did you see that? It's done. It's it's completed. That's, That's assuring to me. And it's amazing that God would give us this. Uh, uh, Let's take this first step, which is foreknowledge. And uh, some might say, as I used to say and think this way, uh, I know what foreknow means. I know what foreknowledge means. It is 
God in his uh, perfect knowledge looked ahead and saw who would believe and then elected them based on uh, uh, seeing how they would respond. But I cannot find that anywhere in Scripture. We add that to for whom he foreknew. It doesn't say uh, uh, for whom he foreknew to repent and believe. Uh, if there were no other Scriptures, you know, except... Uh, maybe this one, then you know that I could be persuaded. But yet I find that in in scriptures, it's it's uh, it seems to say to the contrary. Romans chapter three. Remember, we saw the depravity of man. Remember, uh, as God uh, sees man, how does He see man? How does He see us uh, when we're born? What are we like when we're born? In Romans, what was it? Romans three ten and eleven. It talks about there's none righteous. There's none who understand. There's none who seeks after God. There's none good. No, not one. You see, and so if God if God looked ahead into the future and say, of course God knows all things. He foreknows all things because He's God. But if it was if man was chosen on the basis basis of what he saw, what would he see? None seeking him. He would see uh, there's none good. He would say there's nobody who understands on their own now, of course, I'm talking about. You see, no, uh, there would not be anybody. Uh, In Acts uh, 13.48 is a very powerful verse in teaching, I believe, that uh, uh, regeneration... uh, comes before faith. But when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed or chosen to eternal life believed. You cannot turn around and say, "For for as many as had believed were appointed. You understand what I'm saying? You cannot... It's not God looking ahead and seeing those who would believe, therefore I appointed them. No, he appointed them, therefore they believed. You see what I'm saying? That's just the, the Greek, and you cannot switch that around. Uh, uh, no, uh, man left to himself uh, would, not, would not believe on his own. And again, all glory goes to God. Dad says... What made sense to him finally was, just give all the glory to God. Why do you want any of it anyway? Your salvation is of the Lord. And that's true. Just praise Him. You know, it's not give Him 99% of the praise and you get 1%. No, give Him all the praise and all the glory for what He is doing. And so, uh, it's unconditional election. Unconditional election. That is, it's not based on anything that God foresees in us. Okay? Uh, we'll, we'll see in Romans now, but I would just want you to, to see this. He, uh, this is where Paul is talking about <clears throat> the twins, Jacob and Esau. And he said, though the twins were not yet born and had not done anything good or bad, okay? In other words, he... It was not that they were doing anything good or bad, so that 
God's purpose according to his choice would stand not because of what? Works, but because of him who calls. Very clearly here, it's not anything that God foresaw in them. Because it's all of grace. It's all of mercy. See, it's not, it's not why didn't God save Esau that surprises me. It's why he saved Jacob. You understand that? It's not, you know, it's why did he save me? Why did he save me? Because I'm undeserving. You know, we all deserve the wrath of God, and yet he's had mercy on whom he will have mercy. And praise his name that you're part of that. Don't try to figure it out or question God. Just accept it. That's what I had to do. I had just come in my mind to say, Lord, I don't understand this. I can't put it all together, but this is what your word says. And uh, uh, remember, the carnal mind is at enmity or hostile to God. Uh, That's Romans 8, 7. Ephesians uh, 2, 1 and 4 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God being rich in mercy because of what? His great love, see, that he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgression, who made us alive? He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. It's all by grace. Uh, uh, How do we become alive? Uh, How do we become alive? And he says in the next verse in Ephesians 2, 5, uh, that uh, God does it. God is the one. God is the one who does it. Uh, that, that verse was left uh, off. But anyway, just, just be aware of that. that it's, the, it's God who's doing it. He creates the life. One of the verses that Janine had up this morning was, uh, in from, I think it was 2 Corinthians 4, which I hadn't even seen. It was uh, as God uh, uh, brought light out of darkness. He says he has created light in you who were dark, and so forth. And so, again, God gets the credit. Uh, it was God who makes us alive by his grace. And uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, But a natural man, see, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. What are they to him? Have you ever talked to people and they just look at you like, man, what are you talking about? It's just foolishness to them. You see, because... He cannot understand them. See, on his own, he cannot understand them. Why? They're spiritually appraised. He has, he has to be regenerated. He has to be born again by the Spirit of God to believe. And once the Spirit of God regenerates him, then he says, Whoa, why haven't I seen this before? Why haven't you told me about this? And you'll say, I've been telling you this for ten years. <laughs> And you just, you didn't have ears to hear. But praise God, he's had mercy on you. And, and now you see, you were blind, but now you see. Wow. You say, well, well, man is free to do as he pleases. And I would agree with that. He is free to do as he pleases. But what does he please to do? That's right. He pleases to rebel. He, repla- he uh, chooses to hate to reject God, uh, to sin, and, uh, and of course, left to himself, he would die and go to hell. 
Go all the way back to Adam and Eve and you'll find this. They were hiding from God and what did God do? He came to them when they were hiding. They weren't seeking Him. There's none who seek after God. All the way back to Adam and Eve. They did not seek God. But He sought them out in His mercy. He could have left them and all the generations to follow to die in their sins and He'd have been a just God. Study the justice of God because God is just and also the justifier. And uh, so anyway, this, this, this foreknowledge really means setting affection. When God says that He foreknew me, it's not that He just knew that one day I would come on the scene. No, He foreknew me in that He loved me. He set His affection on me. Why? I can never tell you. I know how I, I, know how I was growing up. I was a rascal. I was like Jacob. I did mean things to my brother. And, and, and uh, if I made the list, you'd say, get out of here. We don't want you to be pastor in this church. I mean, it's just terrible. And yet God had mercy on me. Hallelujah. In spite of me. Because if it had been based on God looking ahead and seeing me, he wouldn't have found very much. Amen. <laughs> Certainly not to, to, uh, to save me. But uh, Jer- uh John 3, 3. Uh, let me make sure this is... Uh, sometimes he's getting... Yeah, Jeremiah 1, 5 is the verse. Jeremiah 1, 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Okay? So is that just knowing about you? Knowing who you are? No. To know is in, in the Scripture is affection. To know is, is God's uh, love that is poured out. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. But I knew you before you were born. I, you know, before you were even formed in the womb, he says, I knew you. How big is your God? Huge. Much bigger than you can ever, Amen. ever, 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 ever contem- uh, contemplate. It's, it's, and comprehend. But... Uh, do you know what the mathematical odds are of you being born when you were conceived in your mother's womb? Have you ever thought about that DNA-wise? One in 200 million of all the, the, the DNA arranging itself and, and lining up. One in 200 million. Do you know if you go back generations what it is? One in 18 trillion for your parents and then their parents before. But you know what? We have a God. Before we were formed in the womb, He knew us. Not possibly you're going to make it here, sitting here, being who you are, looking like you look. He knows you. I can't even, can you begin to even comprehend that? In other words, when you were being formed, He was there working in you. Amen. Not like in, when you know, Christ was virgin born, but He was still in the forming of you. That's pretty amazing to me. One in 200 million. And He knew He was there. That's how big our God is. And that's how much He loves us. You know, we're not talking about chance here. If you want chance, go to the uh, uh, 
Casinos, oh, no, don't do that. But, <laughs> but uh, no, there's no ch- chance of this not happening. Just accept it and be thankful. 1 Peter 1.20, for, and this is speaking of Christ, okay? Speaking of Christ, for he, that is Christ, was foreknown before the foundation of the world. When it says that he was, Christ was foreknown by the Father from the foundation, that just, you know, God knew he was coming, God knew him. No, he loved him. He loved his son. And we're in Christ and he loves us. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You're in Christ. You are a beloved son or a daughter. But he has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. He came to die for you. Wow. Amazing. Even the calling of, uh, calling of Abraham. Uh, for I have chosen him. I think uh, the, King, the King James here, it says, I have known him. I have known Abraham. But it's not just the idea of uh, uh, just to know. Uh, the, Hebrew, the Hebrew meaning here, and I looked this up, is I have chosen Abraham. In other words, I have chosen him in love. I chose him because I loved him uh, in the sense of I have set my affection on him to win him and to woo him and to draw him. This is what God is doing. Uh, in uh, Ephesians 1.5, he predestined us to the adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the contention of whose will? His will. His will. You're here because of His will. Did you have anything to do with your birth, by the way? Not a bit. You didn't know anything about it. You weren't around to say, I want to look, I want to look like this. And, 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 uh, because we may have you know, chosen differently how we look. But, uh, but no, he, it's His will. It's his will. It's what, it's what he is doing. Wow. It's a, by the way, it's the kind intention of his will. It's what God is doing. We love him because he first loved us. Amen. And he set his affection on us. And so, uh, don't let all of this frighten you, but let all of this comfort you. Comfort you. And so, the... That's the foreordination. And now we come to the predestination. It sounds like a big, scary word, but it's really not. Where foreknowledge is the choice of persons, predestination is the uh, destination of those persons to the blessings for which they are designed. We're just destined to the blessings for which we were designed. That's all it means. And what are the We're heirs of God and so forth. And it's God who's doing this. Sometimes this is taken, predestination is taken generally uh, for any decree of God as we find in Acts chapter 4. Again, this is, this is uh, what you call heavy stuff, but this isn't just for preachers or, or deacons or elders. Or, no, this is for the church. This is Paul writing to the church. He says, for truly in this city there were gathered again, uh, uh, against uh, your holy, 
speaking to God, your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, God anointed Jesus, but these people, Herod, Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do what? To do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. Do you find chance here? Do you find uh, uh, God out of control here? That they killed Jesus uh, by accident? No. God was in the midst of all of this. Are these people responsible for what they did? Absolutely. Did God force them to do this? Absolutely not. Who was behind the evil of that? Satan himself. And of course their own wicked fallen hearts. And they're responsible before God because God does not force man to do evil, but He does that very freely. Very freely. And you know that. When you sin, you sin. It's not God making you sin. You know, I've, you know the devil made me do it. You've heard that. Or, or I've even heard some people blame God. That's just the way God made me. Boy, don't try that when you, when you stand before Him. It ain't going to work. <laughs> no, we're responsible. Because, and they were doing, though, what uh, God's purpose predestined to occur. But you see, I find great comfort in this. See, I find comfort here. Why? God's in control. Things are not out of control, but in control by God. And He is working in and around and through even the formation of you in your mother's womb. Now that's a big God. Because why? There are billions and billions and billions, not only stars that He holds in their place and, and knows all the names of them, but He knows everything about everybody who was ever made. Amen. I mean, I can't, can, you, can your mind grasp that? I, I, if it can, uh, talk to me afterwards because I'd like to know. But uh, no, we can't. Ephesians 1.11, also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of whose will? His will. See, God's in the midst of it. It means, predestination does, destined to a particular end. And it can mean it specifically too. For instance, uh, concerning our salvation. But we should always give thanks to who? God. For you, brethren, because by the Lord, because God has, God has chosen who? It doesn't say, and you have chosen God from the beginning. No. Again, you can't reverse that. No. God has chosen you from the beginning. For what? Salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. In other words, it's, it's, it's the Spirit of God working in you and then you believe. It's by faith, by grace you're saved, through faith. Wow. This is pretty good stuff. Somebody said, He is the perfect architect with the perfect blueprints or else the finished product would be chaos. Can you imagine building a building without plans, without a blueprint? That'd be a scary thing, especially if I did it. <laughs> I mean, it would be dangerous to go inside of it. No, uh, God is in the blueprint. He's in the plan. He has a plan and he's carrying it out. 
Predestination is not fatalism. It is, the, it is not the plan of some cruel, ruthless, blind force, but of a heavenly Father who loves us and doeth all things well. Even though Satan will whisper into your head lies concerning that. The final end of predestination, of course, is the glory of God. First Ephesians 1 Ephesians 1.6 To the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the, uh, the beloved. To the praise of the glory of His grace. It's to His glory and to His praise. Then we're called, we're also called uh, in, this, in this bridge that spans from, uh, from cover to cover, from eternity to eternity. Uh, and this is for true Christians. They are called. This is not speaking here of the universal call of the gospel addressed to all men. But the effectual call, which is the internal operation of grace uh, on those who are called. But anyway, uh, it's effectual calling. Second uh, Timothy 1.9, who has saved us. See, he saved us and called us with a what? A holy calling. This is not just a, you know, uh, uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I believe that. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. But this is not the call that goes out. This is effectual. This is a holy calling. And it says what? Not according to our works, but according to his what? His own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ from all from how for how long back? This is one of the most powerful verses for this uh, doctrine in all of Scripture. From all eternity. Can you comprehend from all eternity? That you were in his mind, you, Gail, were in his mind before the world began. And all the DNA that had to line up and form your parents and then who they married, here you are. That's not an accident. You see, it's all an accident. It's all evolution with chance happenings. Or there is a God who has a, a, a plan, who is a wonderful architect that has these perfect blueprints and he is doing a real good job. And by his mercy, and by his mercy, he saved me, and he saved you if you're trusting in him. It's an effectual call. First Corinthians 1, 9 and 24. God is faithful through whom you were called again into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is what? The power of God. See, the ones who are really effectually called, Christ to them is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. And you know that it's true in your own life if you're a real believer. It is the operation of grace on those who are elected. What did Paul say about himself? But when God, who had set me apart, even, now this is pretty cool, Paul saying this, we, we went through Galatians, from my what? Mother's womb. And what? Called me through His grace. Was pleased. Who revealed His Son in Paul? He did. To reveal His Son in me, so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. And then 
uh, and so forth. Yeah, God did it. God did it. And God, of course, gives the increase. I have a few verses this morning. I planted, Apollos watered. Who was causing the growth? God. God was. So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is what? Not a little bit. Not part of it. Not No, he's not any, but God who causes the growth. God gets all the praise and all the glory. God opens the heart. And I've given this verse before, Acts 16, 14. A woman named Lydia, and she's no different from us, from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening. And and who opened her heart? The Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. The Lord had to open her heart. Titus 3, 5 through 7. He saved us. We didn't save ourselves, of course. Not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy and, and by the washing of regeneration. See, it begins with regeneration. God, re, re, we're born again, John 3, 3. Or John 3. <laughs> anyway. We must, you must be born again by His Spirit. But according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. Paul always gave glory to God. He always gave glory to to God. And so he takes his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You must have the word of God. And so uh, the Lord takes his word and then he uses that word uh, accompanied with the operation of the Holy Spirit and regenerates us and converts us by his mighty power. The same power that that raised Christ from the dead, is working in us. When we were dead in our trespasses and sin, He quickened us. I mean, Lazarus, how dead was Lazarus? Plum dead. He was really dead. Plum dead. (laughs) But uh, He regenerates us by His Spirit, moving us to believe. He does this. By the way, it is God who gives faith and repentance. And we all know this first, for by grace you have been saved through faith. We saw that on the tape this morning in Sunday school. And that not of yourselves, what's not of yourselves? Even the faith. Why? Because He gives it to you. He regenerates you. You trust because He's regenerated you. It's not that... It's not that you believe and then you're regenerated because there's no, there's no belief there to start with until you're regenerated. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that what? See, if it comes from you, you can boast about it. I came to God. Boy, I'm smart. I'm smarter than the average bear. No. That is, that's not what the scriptures teach. 2 Timothy 2, 
we find even repentance is a gift if it's granted to us. With gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. See, you've got to be granted repentance. I had a friend of mine back in high school, and I said, said, Wayne, you better trust Christ. He said, oh, I'll repent one day. It's like, hey, I'm in control. I can do this. You're talking about walking on thin ice. And I said, I said, Wayne, you better wake up. I said, you could die tomorrow. I said, you better trust Christ. You better repent of your sins. And, and of course, I, was, uh, I, I didn't know about this verse then. I was just a young Christian. But Wayne had to be granted repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. Or else he couldn't see that they... M- that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil and so forth. But, uh, yeah. Why do you pray to God to save somebody? If he has done all that he can do. In other words, if it's up to the person to do it, uh, why do you pray to God to save them? I think we do it because we know only God can save them. You don't say, Lord, I know your hands are tied and you've done all you can do and now it's up to them to decide Do you pray that way? I don't. I've heard people pray that, but I don't pray that way. I'll say, Lord, open the heart of my son or my daughter to see this. They're blind. They can't see. God, have mercy on them. And cry. Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. And I believe that just as strongly. Are we pleading for those who do not know Christ? God, open their hearts like you opened Lydia's heart. Like you opened my heart. Have mercy on them. That's why we pray. If God's hands are tied, why go to Him? He can't do anything. Does that make sense? Is that logical? It is. Oh, we can trust our God. We can have faith that He is going to hear us and He's going to answer us. And then these very two, because we've already looked at them. The other is the justification. We're declared righteous is the second to the last and the fourth the fourth part of the bridge, justified. We're declared righteous. We're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. We're justified by faith and faith alone. Romans 5.1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. It's all by faith and, and uh, uh, being justified, declared righteous. He has taken my sin and He has given me His perfect righteousness and I am declared righteous. I'm not saved because I'm righteous in and of myself. I am righteous because I have Christ's righteousness. You see, that's all out of me. That's all apart from me. And this is what Paul is saying here. Give glory to the one who deserves the glory. That's all he's saying. Give him, if you're saved this morning, praise Him. Hallelujah. Don't hold back. Be excited about it. And then the last part of the bridge we find that, that started with uh, he foreknew us 
in a loving and set his affection on us. It's all in the past and we're glorified. That's how certain it is because it's in the past tense. It's that certain. How many did God lose along the way, by the way, in this list? None. Absolutely none. He says, for whom I forgive, and so, so forth down. He does not lose a single one of them. And to be glorified, whoa, are we looking forward to that? I am. To be glorified is to be completely conformed to the image of Christ. We shall see Him as He is and be made like unto Him. Whoa. And of course, that will happen at the resurrection. Why did God give us this bridge? First of all, I think, uh, so, to show us that we will make it. This bridge cannot be broken down. This bridge is finished. It starts and uh, started in eternity and it ends in eternity. And, the, and also, I think, so that we might give Him all the glory. That we might give Him all the glory. Whether you eat, drink, or whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. Are you doing that in your life? Do you give Him all the glory for your salvation? I hope so. I hope you do. I hope you just say, God, I could have been lost eternally. I could have been like so many other people. Uh, But Lord, you had mercy on me. You saved me when I was wretched. You saved me when I deserved your wrath. Thank you, Lord. I tell you what, if that sinks deep into your heart, and if you don't start weeping, I'll be surprised because it should thrill you that much that he would love you and set his affection on you that much. It's just, it's amazing grace. That's why it's grace. And I think that's the third reason is because he's showing us it's all grace. It's all grace. Every bit of it. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you this morning that uh, you have... uh, In your providence, in your love, you have opened up the counsel of God just a little bit that we might see your plan and your purpose. Father, what a joy it is to know that we're part of your plan and your purpose and that we can give you all the glory and all the praise. And Father, I thank you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You won't forget us. You you formed us in our mother's womb, and you knew us before we were even born. Lord, what amazing grace. Help us to give you the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.